Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The information depicted in this podcast is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine. Hey everyone and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas and I'm the founder of Ergogenic Health. Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. I wanted to quickly give a shout out to my friends over at Neurotech. They've recently launched a new nootropic formula that's designed to have an anti-stress effect and help one with their sleep. This particular hot chocolate formula is designed to help one unwind after a hard day at work. It contains some pretty unique ingredients such as magnesium glycinate, L-theanine, and some other adaptogenic herbs. You can use the discount code BYB to save 20% off on all Neurotech products. That's BYB to save 20% off. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today, I have a very special guest joining me in. Um, he is a thriving entrepreneur, author, and speaker. He is the CEO at Self Hacked, Self Decode, and Lab Test Analyzer. And his mission is to help people gain access to the most up to date, unbiased, and scientifically based ways to optimize their health. So, joining me on the show today is Joe Cohen. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, Lucas. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Joe, so maybe do you want to give my listeners a bit of a 
a background into, I guess, maybe your story and, and how you got so fascinated with, you know, optimizing the human body. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's a good question. And I, I, you know, it's sometimes you, uh, I, I kind of, uh, don't even think about it sometimes be, you know, it's just kind of like I'm, I'm here where I am, but you know, it's kind of like a flashback every time I think about it. Uh, you know, growing up, I had a lot of health issues and, you know, at the time it's just interesting. You don't really know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're ever going to solve them. But, um, so from a young age, I was very curious about health. I remember getting into health at like 12 years old. Um, you know, just like very, very young. I would always be that kid who ate whole wheat bread and um, for, as like a young kid and like I'd come in with like lettuce and tuna and whole wheat bread. Um, you know, it was like, I was like 10 years old. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, so, but I, I always had like kind of health issues and um, uh, things like brain fog, fatigue, motivation issues, um, you know, mental health issues. And, you know, I mean, as time went on, the issues got worse. And so I, I, you know, I kept on trying to do things myself and trying to figure stuff out. But, uh, you know, but but the issues were getting worse over time. So, um, you know, at a certain point, I had to take it like very seriously. I said, OK, um, you know, my, my life is uh, it was is disabling. I, I felt I couldn't really work or have a relationship or, um, you know, we'll go to school anymore even. And I just felt like, you know, it, it, you know, figuring out my health is going to be a lever for me to do everything else in, in life that I want to do. Mm. Right. So if I don't figure out my health then I don't, I can't really do anything else. And so I, I, um, prioritized that at, you know, when I was like, uh, 20, I mean, you know, let's say 23 to, I mean, uh, from the age of 23, that was like uh, one of my main priorities in life. Um, and, uh, you know, I did different things. I went to doctors, alternative doctors, read a lot, tried to figure out what's, what's up, how my, how does my body work and what, why do I not feel a hundred percent? And, uh, so yeah, I was able to figure out quite a lot and, uh, I, I, you know, um, I made some, you know, really big improvements. Um, like I was able to get rid of my, I, I was able to figure out what my issues were from and make really big improvements. And that allowed me to start self-hacked, which was, you know, which, which is, you know, popular health website. Um, it's a lot of people know me from there. And, um, that was kind of my beginning, um, you know, uh, starting. Yeah, that, that, that was like my beginning. And, and so I was only able to start that because I had made huge improvements in my health. Whereas if I didn't, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I remember buying the domain in it was 2011, but I couldn't start it until a couple like till a couple years later because I just wasn't at that point in, in time of my health. And so, um, you know, so basically, uh, yeah, I mean that, that, um, but, but after I, I started self-hacked and, you know, had a, it was a very big improvement, but I then was on a journey since then of, you could say like constant minor improvements, 
right? Where it's like you figure one thing out here, you figure another thing out here. Um, it's it's kind of just constantly improving, um, you know, uh, in, in, like figuring this tip out, figuring that out, this piece of information. Um, and actually, you know, when I started Self-Hacked, um, I also got my DNA sequenced. And I was following my lab test since, uh, what year was that? Like I, I've been keeping every lab test that I took since uh, 2010. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and the genetics were, was like uh, beginning of 2013. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I got my genetics. I was keeping following my lab tests. I was, you know, I was, uh, I, I, because the reason I did this, cause I thought this is like a, a very good return on my investment, right? Even though I didn't really have any money back then. Um, I thought like tracking what is wrong with me in my labs or just what, what's like, you know, what's right even, uh, just, you know, what the situation is with me. Um, and then also tracking um, my genetics. So I was able to see stuff that improved in my labs over time. And I was able to use my genetic blueprint as uh, kind of, um, the, you know, uh, this uh, roadmap uh, for these incremental improvements over time. Mm. And uh, so th that's why I uh, eventually started Self Decode as well, which is, you know, is, is genetics and lab platform um, and also other kind, you know, environmental, we're integrating environmental data in, in order to, uh, basically ha have a tool that that allows me and other people to kind of get information, these, uh, you know, important information over time, um, you know, as the science evolves, as things evolve. But uh, even in, you know, I think, you know, even in 2013, when the science was much more basic, uh, when it was less, much less involved, I felt like I was able to get interesting information um, from my genetics and every year, you know, it just gets better. Mm, amazing. So just maybe for my listeners, did you want to sort of explain to them, let's sort of break down the different types of, um, genetic testing on the market and sort of explain to them in simple form, how, like how this data can be really useful to improve their health. Okay. So, yeah, the first thing I think is, um, you know, there's people who either have genetic testing already. They may have, they maybe have done it. Um, and then there's people who, um, uh, who are maybe looking for genetic testing. So if you're looking for a genetic test to buy just, just the raw data, uh, I could go through that in terms of, you know, th there's a couple options, right? So... Buying your raw data, um, you know, I guess there's there's uh, there's companies that just sell you like maybe a few hundred or a few thousand snips. You do you definitely do not want to buy those. Do you want to usually? Do you want to yeah. explain what SNPs are? For, for my yeah, day? yeah, sure. Um, I'm uh, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Uh, so basically, you have um, you have this genetic code with uh, three billion. Uh, letters, and you know, basically, that's 
that makes up you because these letters make up proteins and that makes up everything that you are, you know, pretty much. Um, they interact with the environment, of course, but it's, uh, it, it forms the blueprint of, of, of uh, a lot of things, everything pretty much. It's just when it comes to complex diseases, they interact with the environment, you know, um, or, or complex uh, systems. Could be intelligence, could be any kind of complex system, whereas other things are, you know, more set, like eye color, something like that, right? Uh, so, uh, you know, you have these uh, three billion base pairs and then you have, um, you have different kinds of, uh, variations in your genetics. Um, the most common type, the most common and study type is the single uh, change of a base pair. So somebody has one letter and then you have a different letter. Instead of an A, you have a C. And um, and so these changes can have different impacts and that's uh, what you basically call a SNP. If there's a single letter change, and um, if that's inherited, meaning sometimes you have a single letter change, it's just a mutation and it doesn't get inherited. Meaning like you could have a genetic mutation at a certain age or whatever, but it doesn't get passed down. Um, uh, so any variation in the gen genome, gen in your whole genetics that gets passed down is a SNP. Single nucleotide uh variant or polymorphism right mm. uh so that's that's it's quite uh, i think it's quite uh, simple in 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 looking at it that way mm -hmm. and um it's very easy to study snips and it's very easy to it's more easy to look at them right it's so um and those are the most kind uh, popular kinds of variants uh there's 83 million snips in in, in people in the globe, meaning uh, not most of them are not common, meaning like if you're just looking at the common ones, there's maybe a couple million there or maybe up to 5 million, but 83 million that we know of right now, and it goes more of them, um, you know, uh, there's more that come out every year because uh, they'll find, you know, uh, if you sequence the whole globe, you'll find more of them. Because there's ra there's there's rare ones where a lot you know just one person in the world has it, nobody else does, right? So they have a variation. So, um, and you know that, that's that's the you know there's different. Some people define a SNP as something that's common, but uh, like a common variation. But um, uh, you know a, a single nucleotide variation is is that. And so there's right now there's 83 million. Mm. Okay. Mm. And, uh, okay, so that, that's what you have as, uh, that's a SNP. And then, so going back to the companies, there's a lot of companies that will only test uh, like a thousand, maybe a few thousand, right? Um, and obviously that's not something you want to do, right? Uh, and then there's, uh, and then there's other companies that, uh, we'll test, let's say that if you look at 23Me, Ancestry, uh, or the kit that we offer, um, it's not significantly different. I, the one that we offer might be slightly better. Uh, I think it is it is better than Ancestry. 23Me is probably better than Ancestry, but these are, um, it's not like a huge difference. It's like slightly better, right? 
Um, yeah, I, I would say it's, it's probably just slightly better, but um, these are the types of the chips that are looking at, uh, you know, about up to a million variants, we could say. And they're, only, they're mainly looking at uh, SMPs, these SNPs. So um, that, that's like the second kind. Now, when you're looking at those, what you want to do, you want to look at the, the company that's not going to sell your data. That's the most important thing at that point. Uh, or, or the company that you want to use for the analysis as well, because that will make it easier. It automatically gets forwarded. Whereas 23Me, you know, doesn't necessarily... You have to go through, I mean, they, they try to hide it a bit, but they allow you to download. Um, so if you've already gotten your data, you don't need, uh, you don't need another, um, you don't need to sequence it again. Mm. Uh, yeah. And uh, did you, did you have a question? Yeah. Just in terms of, let's say somebody does get back um, their data in terms of interpreting the data, like how, how does a how does a user go about that? Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Um, the the um, the last one is like whole genome sequencing, and that kind of sequences other variants. It's just that right now nobody's really um, looking at the other variants, and it's more expensive. Uh, so it's it's really you don't really get. It's like uh, you don't get more benefit now. So basically, um, maybe in five years it would be useful, but right now it's uh, mainly, um, yeah, it's it's mainly the, the the genotype kits are the most affordable and uh, the the thing that um, I would recommend right now. Right. Um, and 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 you know it has tons of information. Um, now, uh, I would like to say that you know, uh, up to a million SNPs. So um, if there's a, basically something that you want to look for in a company is a company that does this thing called imputation. Now, what is imputation? It's basically if you have a book with, um, <clears throat> imagine you have a book and you take out a lot of letters from the book. You, if you, if you, you can put a, a machine learning tool on it and it'll, be able to fill in the letters because it's patterns, right? It's like, I went to the store. If you said I-E-N-T to the store, um, you could figure out went, right? You didn't send to the store, right? It's, it's, it's a pattern. And so uh, basically what, what, you're, what we're able to do, like what, what, um, what is able to be done, what we do, for example, is we take a file of, you know, 650, 700,000 SNPs, uh, our kit, um, and we can uh, turn that into a file with 83 million SNPs, which is basically you get pretty much uh, all the SNPs out there. Wow. Um, yeah. So we, let's sort of, um, let's have a look at some of the, some of the cool SNPs that you think might be really interesting. Yeah. Like let's, let's talk about some of those. SMPs that you've sort of discovered or have been really game changing for some people. Yeah, um, we we could talk about the uh, uh, specific variants. Uh, something I do want to mention, just to uh, like just to go in the in the bit of background though. Um, one thing you have to realize about SNPs is that um, in any given topic, there could be 
millions of variants that influence that topic. Okay. And so uh, one thing you, you want to be looking for is looking at, um, meaning when you're doing an analysis on a topic in terms of like, what's a risk for something, genetic risk for something, you want to be looking at as many variants as possible that have to do with that topic. And it could be over a million, right? And so uh, one thing you want to look for when you're, you're looking at um, analysis from a company is how many uh, variants are they analyzing? So if they're only analyzing a handful of variants or you know, below 100, something like that, that means that they're going to be a lot less accurate because they're, they're looking at uh, maybe one page of the book and then they're telling you, they're, they're trying to predict what the whole book is about. So sometimes that could be accurate if, if you know, that you could read one page and maybe you get an, a good idea. But, but most of the time it's not accurate. So that's something that you have to uh, be aware of uh, that when looking at individual SNPs is that, um, you know, there are some important ones. There's no question about that. But uh, you, you, you still, when you do an analysis, you want to look at millions of variants. And the way to do that is, is using machine learning and AI because humans cannot do that. Uh, and so you want to make sure that the company that uh, you're using is using these uh, cutting edge AI and machine learning tools. And the way you know that is a couple ways based on the team, if they have the team capable of doing that. Um, and if uh, and based on how many S&Ps they're looking at, right? So if they're only looking at less than 100, you know they're not doing any kind of uh, deep learning analysis. So uh, it, it's, it is something you want to be a little careful about, like looking at specific SNPs. I mean, they can, looking at very specific ones can help, but it is something, meaning it, it, it's like interesting, right? It, it's like reading a very large book about yourself. And then you, you know, um, you read like one, you know, one one page or like a paragraph that that catches your eye and it's very interesting and clicks with you. And that doesn't mean that it's, you know, that's just because it's a paragraph, it's worthless, right? It could be the one that really resonates with you. And so that's kind of how you want to look at SNPs. It's like you can find a, a, an important SNP for you that kind of resonates with you. Um, that, that you, that, that kind of like you, you're like, Hey, these are actually like the issues that I deal with. And, uh, it, it sounds like this is, you know, something that, uh, resonates with me. Um, but it's not, uh, something you want to be like, this is, you know, this is the whole book, right? This is, this is the whole, my whole situation because there's usually, you have to look often at the whole book in, you know, in context, if you want to uh, really come out with uh, information. So, um, yeah. So uh, in terms of if you want like, um, I, I so I don't think it, it, it uh, specific SNPs, I think it, it helps to talk about specific genes, right? So SNPs are part of genes. Genes are part of pathways. And what happens is, is that, you know, um, Sometimes if you can have risk for SNP, that can translate into changes in how the gene functions and that can translate into changes in a pathway. And so that is when kind of you would see like a click of like, hey, this resonates with me. Um, and, and so that's kind of, um, and that change in the pathway could result in a change 
of a trait, something that you're dealing with, you notice, hey, I, I notice that I'm like this or whatever, right? And so um, when when giving, uh, when looking at these, you really want to look at it, you know, you, you don't just want to look at SNPs and be like, I've got the SNP, therefore I should do this, right? You want to look at it in terms of first the the whole trait, the like whatever you're trying to improve, you want to make sure that whatever you're doing is going to improve that because that is like the big picture. It's like if you know, you're not going to say I'm going to take this random supplement here because I have the SNP, you're going to say, well, the supplement or this lifestyle approach is good for this as a whole. And then it also happens to be good for this, right? Mm-hmm. And so you you always want to make sure that whatever, you know, if, if you're looking at a precision health tool, that it's doing that. Um, currently, we're the only ones on the market doing that. So there's companies that will only look at a SNP and be like, you know, based on the SNP, you should do this. Then there's companies that just look at the trait and they're like, you know, you know, based on we, you should do this, but those are generic recommendations because they're not actually looking at your genes as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, if they're looking at your genes based on if they're telling you which gene they're recommending it for and why they're recommending it for that gene. Basically, they need to connect the dots for you, or else uh, they're just giving you generic recommendations. Because it's very easy to just say, "Hey, we looked at your genes. Here's what you should do." Right? Well, how do you know they're not? BSing, right? How do you know they're not giving the same recommendations to everybody? Um, so what you need to look at is you need to see why are they recommending this? Which gene is, for example, a gene that came up? And so that's something that, um, you know, at Self-Decode, we, we're the only ones who do that on the market is, is make recommendations as a whole and then also prioritize them based on uh, an individual's genetics. Yeah. So I guess... With these, with these interventions and these recommendations, really it's sort of playing on the, the term of epigenetics, right? So we have, you know, genetics loads the gun, environment pulls the trigger. So these recommendations, these interventions that are suggested, basically what you're saying is that they actually can tweak and manipulate our, our genetic expression? Yeah, so basically... Um what happens is uh, you can manipulate genetic expression in a bunch of ways. Um, you're not changing your genes, your DNA itself. Those That's set, right? So the blueprint is set. Um, the computer hardware is set, but you can change the software. And that's kind of what, uh, you know, that's diet, lifestyle, drugs. They interact with your genetics in a way that you're, you're changing it for the better. So I'll give you an example. Let's say, you, you know, you're, you have a propensity for, you know, uh, your genes to operate in one way. And so your genetics create proteins that, you know, there's mRNA and then they create proteins. Um, and so, and those proteins go on to do a bunch of things um, in the body. But you, your lifestyle can either interact on the protein level Right, and they could like inhibit a protein, increase a protein. Um, a lot of drugs uh, uh, interact that way, uh, and then there's things that can um, uh, 
just change genetic expression directly. Like they can increase mRNA levels um, or, you know, or they can interact with uh, your genes so that they increase uh, the expression of, of certain genetics. And then, so those will express more and then produce those proteins. Um, and so like, uh, yeah, I mean, everything you do basically is going to impact genetic expression and interact with proteins in your body. The thing that you want to do is, you know, figure out what is the, the, the best fit for the topic you're looking for, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, what, what is the topic, let's say, that you're trying to, um, you're interested right now? And does that change over time? Just let, let's say, uh, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, uh, just to flip uh the switch here. I'm just I'm curious about what your interests are. Uh, for me, it would be things related to insulin sensitivity. So anything around okay. that because my dad's type 2 diabetic. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, and does that change over time? Do you, are you always, I mean, you're probably like, uh, I don't know about you, but I know for me, like every six months to a year, I get into something else. Um, like, do you have like different topics that you're interested in at different times? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I go th- I go through waves where I get, you know, obsessed with like optimizing deep sleep or <laughs> um, detoxification pathways or um, even one area that I've been focused on is the 5-HD1A receptor. I've been obsessed, you know, trying to learn more about that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's very, I'm, I'm the same way. So um, uh, let's say type Let's say type two diabetes, right? Because you have a family history of of diabetes. Okay, um, so yeah, there, there's going to be. Uh, so, for example, we have a blood sugar report that um, we'll look at a lot of genes. A lot of them are related to insulin sensitivity, but basically, uh, you know, it, it gives you a, a genetic risk for diabetes, right? Or, or blood sugar, having high blood sugar, and then. It shows you the prioritized recommendations about, you know, what are the top things that you can do for that uh, that will lower your blood sugar, and and these are the priorities are changed based on your individual genetics, and so that's kind of like, um, and then it explains for each one, it explains what it is, like why it is we're recommending that. It, it explains the whole uh, logic of of why we're recommending that with all the studies, so that you could go look at that. And, uh, you know, and see, uh, in terms of the other things you mentioned, uh, let's say you're, you're interested in sleep. We have a sleep report, um, and that there's uh, certain, you know, there's, so just to go back for a second, blood sugar, I have a bit higher risk for a genetic risk for blood sugar. And it does seem my uh, fasting blood sugar, even when I eat healthy is, is a little more elevated than it's, it's a bit more elevated than the norm which is, um, uh, 90, it's about 93, 90. Yeah. It's about 93. Usually, even if I eat very, you know, even if I'm doing everything right, uh, which is interesting, but, uh, something. So I actually was interested in that. I looked at my report and I found some interesting things that I noticed, uh, were true for me. For example, um, should, should I bring up uh, the report? Do you want me to share that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's a good example, um, even something I'm thinking about is, um, drug responsiveness, like 
if I'm going to be like a non-responder to metformin or not, things like that? Yeah, so we don't do drug responsiveness just because um, that's a, a regulatory um, landmine. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so um, basically, okay, let me, let me share my screen here. Um, am I allowed to share my screen? No. Yeah. Okay. Now I am? Uh, Make your hosts. You could, you don't have to make yep. me the host. Oh, okay. That works, but um, you could also share it. Okay. So you could see here's, um, here's my risk above average. <clears throat> and then um, th this is like more information. You see I'm in the 80th percentile. You could also see how many variants we analyzed. Jeez. Uh, 1.1 million. Yeah. <laughs> So this is um, just looking at this, um, you know, other companies are really just looking at a couple variants here. Um, this is a very big, the reason why they don't look at more is because it's actually a lot of work to look at uh, 1.1 million variants. You have to use, uh, first of all, you have to do imputation, right? Which we discussed is that uh, looking at many, like basically taking a file of uh, 650,000 SNPs and then turning it into an 83 million SNP file. And doing that accurately is not easy. We have a team working just on that, um, a science team. And uh, we've been able to get it to uh, uh, record-breaking uh, accuracy. So we're able to predict uh, variants that weren't even sequenced with a 99.7% accuracy. Wow. Which is actually higher than the chip itself. So we can tell if the chip itself has inaccuracies. It's kind of like, you know, if you publish a book, you read it, you're like, you know, I know there should be, you know, um, then should be with an E, not an A. They made a mistake in this book, right? If you, if, it, because your brain has this pattern recognition system. So uh, we, we could tell with 99.7% accuracy now, which nobody else has in, in the industry. Um, and uh, yeah, and so number one is you have to get the uh, uh, large number of variants because, how many, you know, you're going to look at a million, 1.1 million variants just with blood sugar. You obviously need a, a file. Uh, so we're able to get 83 million variants, which is also a record-breaking thing. Um, uh, nobody, nobody else, no other company is able to get 83 million variants and nobody else is able to get that 99.7% accuracy. Mm. Uh, so <clears throat> th those are those are two difficult problems that are not easy. The other thing is it costs, um, uh, just to generate a file could cost uh, like $5 because of the computing power that we have to do. And so you need a bunch of data engineers and scientists to make that a lot cheaper, Jeez. right? It's like, um, yeah, and, and that's, that's why nobody's really doing it because it really involves a lot of specialists and brain power. Uh, we have 70 people in um, engineers and scientists working on these types of stuff, mm. uh, you know, and also doing the personalized recommendations. These are very, very difficult tasks that uh, no other team can do, uh, which is why they don't do it very simply. Um, and, and, uh, and also a lot of people don't realize these things. So uh, it's very, it's, it really is very easy to just uh, invest in marketing and not 
and just pretend like you're doing uh, cool stuff, right? Um, you know, have a couple advisors that are famous or or whatever, but the advisors don't actually do anything. Uh, what we're the reason we're doing this it's it's not because we're making more money from it really. Um, it's because we actually plan on getting uh, patents and uh, um, uh, publishing papers and. Uh, we we also want to uh, go into hospitals as well eventually, uh, and in order to do that, you need to you need to do things right. Whereas these companies are just focused on the you know any company that's not in like you know that doesn't plan on getting into hospitals, it doesn't have to do things right. It could just do whatever. It's not you know if, if they're not regulated, then they they could do whatever they want. Mm. Uh, so they 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 just look at a couple variants. Um, they don't do the precision health. They uh, they don't really do the the that uh, you know that imputation, which is a prediction. Well, of of the other variants, um, and so it's really um, you know the important thing to know is uh, quality is everything in this industry. Mm. If you don't, if you're not getting quality, then you might as well go to um, a palm reader. And the same goes um, with the um, with the recommendations as well, right? So like actively you know, suggestions and things like that. That's obviously, you know, really important as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's huge, right? We have a team working on these suggestions and you can see the level of uh, detail with these suggestions, right? So let's say if I look at, uh, this is an interesting one because I noticed that this this one helps me out. Yeah, resistant starch. In fact, um, I'm similar to you. I can't, yeah, any sort of resistant starch will spike my blood sugar like through the roof. Well, so first of all, it depends on your genetics, actually. So some of them, um, the, the first thing is it depends on your genetics. Um, so the, these are recommendations for me to lower blood sugar, right? And um, basically, you want to be careful because the resistant starches on the market actually have they're not real resistant starches. They're, they're not good ones. They have a lot of lectins. Um, they have other things involved. Um, but basically, uh, you know, because resistant starches only really get uh, absorbed in the large intestine and they're not, uh, inc- they shouldn't increase your blood sugar. So here, we basically have, uh, you know, resistant starch doesn't increase blood sugar like typical digestible starches do. And then... Um, but the thing is, is that it's often found in foods that can spike, like cool potatoes, oats, rice, stuff like that. Um, and so uh, basically uh, what I do is, I mean, actually I have, um, because I wasn't able to find good resistant starch in the market, I created my own, Joe's Resistant Starch, it's called, uh, J-O. Uh, and uh, so we sell that. But, but in any case, you could see going back here, uh, you can see uh, 30 grams a day can help uh, reduce blood sugar, prevent diabetes. And the thing is, is that it can help some people more than others. For me, it helps it even more, which is why it comes up number three. Um, so it delays the absorption of sugar and, and it tells me why also. So I carry this hunter-gather variant of the TCF7L2 gene and People with this gene variant don't seem to handle carbs well. So it tells me basically I may need to limit whole fiber, even high fiber carbs like whole grains, mm. which are normally can be protective for some people, but are actually not that good for me. 
So, uh, and then there's four references here. Basically, you could, you could, uh, when we double check everything in, in these reports, um, it's like a, you know, internal review process. So I'm confident that, uh, all of our uh, references are, are pretty accurate here. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's stuff like this, basically, you know, and you could look at for everything, the impact and the evidence, the impact is how much of an impact does it have on your blood sugar? You know, something can have a high impact, but not have that much evidence, right? Uh, or it could, you know, have a ton of evidence, but maybe it's only a small impact for, you know, but uh, this one has a large amount of evidence and it also has uh, a large impact. Mm. Uh, and then you, I added it, you could add it to your regimen. Like we, you, you know, um, you can add these things to your regimen here. And so we basically, we keep track of the, of the regimen. Um, then, so yeah, we basically have a bunch of different topics. I'm personally most interested in mood and, um, you know, mental health stuff. So like, let's say we have reports on mood, anxiety, stress. Those are some of the ones that interest me. If we look at mood, um, you know, uh, basically it's uh, above average risk. I would say this is uh, this is true. It is something I need to work on. And uh, you can see, you know, just different recommendations here. Um, I actually find that the serotonin stuff is very important for me. Uh, that is a pathway that is like, um, uh, I find, uh, you know, basically uh, needs work. And, um, so basically, okay. So, uh, you know, 5-HTP is a building block for serotonin and that, and I mean, it's important for a bunch of reasons, but, uh, 5-HTP is used as a mood boosting supplement and explains, you know, what, what it may also be good for here. Um, it explains how it could be helping with low mood, right? Um, and uh, then it explains me particularly, what is the gene that makes this come up a little higher for me than other people? Mm. It says I have this uh, tryptophan hydroxylase 2 variant, which, um, you know, um, it likely reduces 5-HTP and serotonin production in the brain. Right? And then there's some references. Mm. So then that's why I'm recommended this more. And, uh, you know, we could read about this gene more if we want here. So it's kind of like a whole, you know, uh, database of information that allows you to really follow all the, all the, um, you know, all the stuff that, you know, all the uh, leads to see, like, why are we recommending something? And so for me, actually, I started taking this, uh, the, the 5-HDP some time ago. Um, because of uh, my genetics, actually, I noticed that a lot of my genes that were increasing my risk for mood stuff were related to serotonin one way or another. Um, you know, it was the serotonin 2A receptor, 5-HD2A, the tryptophan hydroxylase, um, and there was, uh, you know, there's MAOA, there was a bunch, and then there was this uh, other one the it was like 5-HTLPR or something like that. Yeah. Um, so there was a bunch of them related to serotonin. And uh, so when I started to take uh, the 5-HTP, it, it made a, v a very, very big difference in my mood. 
Mm, awesome. Yeah. So obviously, basically, you know, it's very practical. It gives people really, it breaks it down basically using the most rigorous scientific data. And those recommendations are basically, it gives someone a framework to then sort of DIY, you know, build your own stack based on, you know, genetic data, which is really appealing. You know, it's going to be really appealing for those, a lot of my listeners, because, you know, I've got a lot of a lot of biohackers listening to my podcast. So, um, yeah, what's what is um what are some of the next big things you guys are working on? So, um, uh, some of the things we're working on is uh, combining labs and genetics and environment and creating uh, an overall risk because the the limitation with genetics is. You might have genetic risk. I mean, it's very common you can have genetic risk but not have an issue, right? Um, like everybody's got genetic risk for a lot of stuff, right? But you know, um, I you know I might have a lot of genetic risk, but I don't have any diseases. Uh, you know, so what does that mean? Um, you know, so you can have a lot of genetic risk, and and basically because the environment is very important you wouldn't have uh, any any diseases. Uh, so it's, it's very important that um, you also look at the labs and the environment when taking into account uh, like what is more of an absolute kind of risk, right? Um, you don't want to just look at, uh, you don't want to just look at, uh, you know, just, um, uh, you know, just the genetic risk because, just even if it's like super accurate, it, it's just not going to, I mean, the fact is, is that you also want to look at where you are in time. So we do have the lab analyzer. We, we brought it onto the version two. So now that it's integrated, uh, basically you can upload labs and get information from that. Uh, or you can buy labs in the US. Um, but if you already have labs elsewhere, you could just upload it. And that's part of the self decode package. And then, um, Basically, you know, but what we're doing is we're integrating that into the reports and then also integrating it into a, uh, you know, more complete risk score so that it gives you the complete picture, right? Uh, but the, the, it's going to be in stages. Um, but that's essentially what we're working on. Right now, you can look at them both and you can get recommendations from your labs. You can get recommendations from your genetics. Uh, and then we're also going to... In the short term, we're going to be integrating them into the reports. Like what labs do you need to check if you have high genetic risk for something? Um, like let's say if you have high genetic risk for blood sugar, what do you want to check? Well, you want to check HbA1c, fasting glucose. And if those are good, it means that even if you have high risk, it means uh, that you you don't have a problem with it right now. You just, uh, but if if you are on the higher end, then here's the things that you can do to lower your risk, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, blood sugar is an interesting topic. I've been very interested in in, in mood um, and uh, stuff related to mood like depression, anxiety. Uh, that's something I've been really into. And for me, I found that the genes that were most important were related to... Um, uh, serotonin and also uh, some of the cannabinoid system, but I would say serotonin is probably uh, the, the is number one for me. 
Any anything that um, hits the serotonin system really works for me. Whereas a lot of other people, that's not true. It could be more things that um, you know it could be NMDA receptors. So like magnesium doesn't really work for me at all, actually. And um, the reason is because it has it mainly works on the NMDA receptors and uh, maybe you know maybe GABA a bit. But the, the GABA and NMDA are not the biggest, uh, th- those are not, I mean, GABA might help a little bit, but it, it's, it's not like the biggest issues with, um, with me. So that's where the, like the genetics come in, right? Because, you know, for some people, GABA can make a huge difference uh, or NMDA can make a huge difference. And then uh, in other people, they, it's more serotonin related stuff that might make a, a significant difference or... Um, you know, different pathways. There's a bunch of different pathways, but um, that that's what I personally find is uh, the serotonin pathway for me uh, works the best. What about what about for some some other like sort of weird or bizarre discoveries some people have found using your software? Like, has anyone discovered something you know just really out of the box and it's been a, like a really big game changer for them? Like you sort of you know, heard about success stories, things like that? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, people, I mean, we have a, a tremendous amount of success stories that uh, I see in, in in a bunch of different places. I mean, even just now we're we're on WeFunder and, you know, we nobody asked them to write anything, but there's a, like, a, I'm seeing like tons. Just, um, and uh, basically... Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, like people, now they don't usually uh, give like very specific details or if they do, uh, it's hard for me to remember those specific details with other people. I kind of just remember them for myself um, and maybe like people I'm close with. But like, let's say, um, you know, just for me, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not remembering like, um, you know, somebody wrote this review and I mean, people are not like specifically mentioning the genes that they looked at and, and everything they did, right? They're just looking at... Uh, but for me, I noticed um, it was a big game changer when I noticed the cannabinoid genes were off, uh, the serotonin genes, uh, BDNF as well. Uh, so those kinds of... Uh, those things really helped me a lot. The cannabinoid genes not only is related to mood, but it was also it's also related to food sensitivities. And uh, so... Those were uh, th- those were some of the big uh, game changers for me. Is, is uh, some of those genes, um, but yeah, like let's say for serotonin, there's serotonin two A, there's MAOA, there's the trip- tryptophan hydroxylase genes, um, and uh, you know, like I said, there's that uh, there's a other five HTLLPR or something, but basically those. Looking at those were that was a big uh, game changer. Understanding that, uh, you know, uh, first of all, a lot of my food sensitivities were related to the cannabinoid system, uh, and then also um, a lot of the mood issues was related to the serotonin system, mm. right? And so, even when I was like completely healthy, I still, you know, um, I, I, I my mood wasn't actually like a hundred percent. And, um, I mean, it went in waves, but like, let's say, you know, at the start of Corona, 
there was a breakup and there was uh this you know i moved to a new country and there was a lot of like just like you know a lot of stuff going on with corona so um basically like i was you know i i felt the need for mood related stuff and uh so i you know i and but then even even what i realized is like wow i was like i should have focused on this stuff more cuz i never you know, I, ne- I never wanted to, I never was like uh, very serious with the mood stuff. It was always like an interest, but one of many. Uh, and then after that, I was just like, uh, you know, uh, since I've been I've been very diligent about making sure that I have mood stuff in my stack every every day. Mm, me too. Me too, man. I mean, lockdown for for us in Victoria, in Melbourne, it's been um, pretty disastrous, to be honest. So it's like, I think a lot of people can relate to that just going into lockdown and just the virus just affecting our, our mood and well-being. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even, yeah, I mean, it's these lockdowns, it's really tough. I mean, it's, you just can't like meet anybody. It's ever the, you know, it's, everything feels like more tense. Are you, you guys are in a lockdown now? Uh, we are right now, but we get, we get released tonight at uh, midnight. Oh, these lockdowns are so bad. You can't do anything. You just, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but, um, you know, for me, it wasn't just the lockdowns. It was a bunch of other stuff. But uh, I'm I'm kind of, you know, I was able to, it was it was time to focus on my mood. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I'm, I'm happy that I uh, focused on that because I basically, you know, I made a big, very big difference in that regard. Um, and uh, just in general, yeah, I mean, I've worked with people uh, very closely. And for example, there was one person that had a massive impact uh, for lithium ortate. Um, And they had a gene that, you know, made them uh, do better with lithium ortate. And that was like a big game changer for them. Um, You know, and so I've seen a lot of these kinds of, uh, you know, it was was like an overnight game changer. It was very interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, people, you know, the way to really look at genetics is like, you know, this is your blueprint and the science, you know, we're, we're constantly releasing more and more topics and updating topics. And, um, it's just, it's just like this never, you know, you could always be learning new information about yourself. And that's kind of what I love is just, uh, you know, it's like you could read a fiction book and maybe it's like, whatever, you might find that interesting, but. For me, it's like reading about yourself. I got this gene. Um, these are the recommendations. These are my genetic risk. I could put in my labs. It's like really, it's like really interesting. Well, that whole process there is just, it's really, I can relate to that as well. It's just very empowering. Like you, you, yeah. you have so much control over your, over your physiology and that, that process there for, for many people is, you know, having that sense of control can just completely determine your quality of life. Um, which, you know, we're very much aligned in that regard. So, um, yeah, Joe, I think, I think there's, um, plenty of information you've just laid out to my audience. What I will be doing is, um, for those listening in, I will have a link in the description, um, to actually order a testing kit, the self decode, um, genetic kit. We'll have all those links in the show notes. Um, were there any other final words you wanted to um, mention Joe at all? I mean, just in general, I think, um, you know, I, I think 
yeah, I'm, I'm in the biohacking world. I've been here a while. Um, and I think uh, it's just really exciting to see that um, I think that the future of biohacking is really, is, is really looking at uh, personalized data, whether it's labs, whatever, genetics, whatever it is. And then you could do so many experiments, but if you don't have the right direction, it's just, you know, it's kind of like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I got really into biohacking after the genetics part of it because I was able to really see, hey, look, look, I got this gene. Wow. I, you know, it's, I was, it, it kind of opened up, opens up a whole new panorama, right? It's like, wow, you, you get to look inside your blueprint and see how all the different pieces, all the different pieces of the clock that's ticking, you know, it was just, so I think like the future of biohacking, um, what I'm most excited about is, is, is just, uh, you know, is, is continuing, uh, to discover new things, yeah. um, based on, based on like our blueprint. And I think that's like the most, you know, that, that's really cool. That's why I, I haven't really been focused, um, on self hack for, uh, the past, uh, Two years, it's basically, or a year and a half, it's basically just self-decode because I think like, you know, we could put out a whole bunch of content, but which is, could be interesting, but, uh, you know, if you really, like, I think people want really personalized content these days. Mm, awesome. Awesome. Well, um, that pretty much sums up today's episode. Joe, thanks so much for, for coming on the show, man. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Thank you everyone for joining in to today's episode. For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash boost your biology. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.